cannot see it. You cannot hear it. But you know it is there, watching, waiting, until the time is right for you to face your fear and listen to the Deep Dive Podcast Horror Month 2022. Hello, divers. Welcome back. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wingshop Movie Magazine, and yes, back in Studio D. Mm -hmm. Back from some sort of tropical disease (laughs) of some kind. (laughs) Influenza. I don't know. Some sort of pox. Some sort of curse from a tiki god. I don't know what it is. But Manda, the Mandalorian, she is back with us. I'm back. And feeling much better. Yo, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. I'm not pausing every few minutes to cough up a lung. No, I think... um, as a matter of fact, we've had some uh, we've had some people uh, contact us that they have that uh, after last week's show they're doing a um, I think a fundraiser. <laughs> Thank you for all your thoughts and prayers. Yes, I, well, about half of them were doing a fundraiser. The other half were um, they had a drinking contest every time you coughed. Oh, oh. and I think several people died. So oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, happens. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm back. Mostly good as new, ready and excited for uh, our last week. Isn't it's kind of sad, actually? It is kind of sad. It's Halloween Horror Month 2022 is coming to a close. Almost. Kind of. Kind of. But, and uh, there will be a special announcement at the end of the show. Ooh. Uh, that we'll we'll hold on to, and and Manda doesn't know about this either. But uh, <laughs> Halloween Horror Month may extend for just a little while. Oh, that's exciting! So at least just for one more thing. Okay. So one more thing we'll do. We'll talk about that at the end. All right. Sounds gravy. Excellent. So since it is week four of Halloween Horror Month, mm-hmm. we decided that this week's topic, well, you know, might be something. Uh, a little magical, perhaps, you know? A little spooky. A little spooky, a little sleight of hand, or, you know, because we're talking about stage magic, right? Oh, yes, Penn and Teller all the way. I love Penn and Teller. Yeah, I I've actually seen do them. Too. Yeah, I've seen them perform, and Ooh. yes, um, and I actually, I didn't, like, run in, I didn't, like, run into Penn, I, like, literally, but I saw him at a bookstore once, and it was... He's a tall man. Now, can Teller really speak? Or <laughs> oh, of course he... he can, yeah. Oh, He, he just, just doesn't do it on stage or on camera. Oh. If he's not on stage or on camera, he'll talk a, He'll talk up a storm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's the whole thing. Just not on stage or on camera. Nice. So, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can look online and find, like, clips where he's right. actually talking. Right. Yeah, so that's the, that's the thing. He just likes to, to be the silent partner, I guess. Fair, fair but, enough, yeah. But yeah, so Magic. Magic. What does the what does the word sort of mean to you uh, when you hear magic? Well, card game with lots of characters that you can play. Well, actually, I think that because of our proximi- proximity to Salem, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. it's got a special place in my heart because every year around this time, you know, I just fork over all of my money for parking to walk amongst the masses in Salem, Massachusetts. It's gotten crazy, though. Every oh, year yeah. it gets crazier oh, and no, crazier this time of year. The traffic is awful. You know, I heard on the NPR this morning they were they were asking folks to not drive in to take the MBTA. <laughs> and um, to spend your money on things other than parking. Yeah, so. yeah, I understand. Uh, like broomstick parking is really bad this time of year. So you know, I don't know. You know, people are offering up their front yards. They're just like, give me twenty bucks and you can park here. Yeah, and it's it's insane. I mean, I, I love Salem, but yeah. I'm not I'm not getting myself into that nuttiness. Yeah, no. so. I mean, do it once in your life, and then once you've done it, you, yeah, yeah, you can exactly. say you've done it. Exactly, exactly. Now. For, uh, you know, for a lot of people, especially in pop culture, magic means Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got you know, old school, like uh, Bewitched, old shows like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got now, currently, you've got things like Doctor Strange. Oh, yes. Who is, you know, that's very, very uh, popular. So magic can mean card tricks. Magic can mean pulling a rabbit out of a hat or witchcraft right. and sorcery. Right. Well, which there are actual practitioners of. There's a huge spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that's why it's a good pick mm-hmm. because it, it 
you know, you can go off in any one of a number of tangents yes. for this. It ran the gamut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's get started, shall we? Sure. What do you have for us today? Well, I actually, you know what? I'll go I'll go second. Because my pick oh. is my pick oh. is long. Oh, is it? It's it's long, it's involved, and I want to make sure I give it the most I can. And so that's you, what she said. <laughs> you go first. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That didn't even make any sense, really. No. So, no. but that's okay. Too many that's Reese's okay. Pieces. Yeah, we're, well, we're hitting that Halloween candy hard. Reese's Feces. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> Ew, right gross. Yeah. I uh, loathe peanut butter, so let's just put that out there. It's just wrong. I can't. That's eat it. wrong. It's disgusting. <laughs> All right, send your cards and letters. Uh, <laughs> okay. Enough of that foolishness. Uh, my first pick is a film from one of the most successful horror directors in film history. And that is John Carpenter. Okay. His name is attached to a veritable laundry list of classic horror films. You got Halloween, The Mm -hmm. Thing, The Mm -hmm. Fog, Christine. Vampires. The list. Yeah, the list goes on. But my pick is is from one of Carpenter's probably less talked about movies. Um, It's admittedly a little bit of a mess plot wise, but it carries a real atmosphere of dread that makes it quite unsettling, at least to me. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, as rock icon Alice Cooper in it, too. Oh. So my first pick is the 1987 film Prince of Darkness. I've got a message for you. This is the shape of fear. You're not going to like it. This is the color of hell. What is it? And this is the power of the Prince of Darkness from John Carpenter, director of Halloween. A vision of the most powerful evil of all. Prince of Darkness. Where are you? Rated R. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Man, so the yeah. 80s had really cool like movie announcements. Oh, they did. They oh, so good. The so um, actually this one, this one that we just played, uh, the voiceover artist is is hands down my absolute favorite uh, horror film voice uh, over artist. His name was Percy Rodriguez. Uh-huh. And he was also an actor. Uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, he was in a, 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 it was in one of the original series episodes. See, the guy who always wore a suit. No, no. He okay. uh, he was the um, uh, Professor Daystrom who had like the M1 computer and all that, and mm. you know, in Star Trek. But he had the most amazing voice for movie trailers. Yeah. And so during the seventies and eighties, he was the guy. Yeah. So I mean, just in a world. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that was a different guy. Oh, really? That was a guy that came along in the nineties. God, I can't think of his name. Don, Don LaFontaine. That was the guy. That's who I'm from, thinking of. Yeah. From the 90s on. Yeah. Uh, who did a lot of those. Um, but yeah, so that's a whole thing, which is crazy. There's I think a whole... we should do a show on movie trailers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Write that down. Write it down. We don't. We fired they... that assistant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And remember because they shaved your cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pumpkin hated that. Yeah. He looks like a, a, a raw chicken, you call him? Yeah, he looks like a raw chicken. <laughs> we had to do it for his own good. Terrible. Yeah. All right. So back to Prince of Darkness. Now, the best way to describe the overall theme of this film is quantum physics meets <laughs> metaphysics. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's present day, which is 1987, mm. uh, Los Angeles, California. So there is this secret catholic sect called the brotherhood of sleep that that mm. operates there mm-hmm. it's always the catholics yeah yeah what are you gonna do uh so yeah i was i used to be one of those <laughs> gave it up for lent uh anyway so this brotherhood of sleep is this sort of they have basically carte blanche even the vatican doesn't really know of their existence. So they're like the Masons of the Catholic kind Church. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last member of this sect dies and leaves behind this sort of ornate-looking silver box. And it comes into the possession of uh, a priest um, who is played by Donald Pleasance from the original Halloween. He was Dr. Loomis. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yep. So he opens, opens up this box, and there's a key. 
And the key is for this room in the basement of this old church in L.A. And inside is something very weird. It's a relic that contains nothing less than the liquefied essence of Satan. Oh. Yeah. It's like this big lava lamp with green glowing (laughs) fluid swirling around inside. Uh, Okay. Problem is, it seems to be leaking. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's leaking pure evil. Oh, what's that uh, tape you can buy? Flex tape. Flex tape. Yep. Yes. I mean, should have. They should have got flex tape. Flex tape. I mean, I don't think it existed then, but that would have been helpful. (laughs) So. So the priest looks for some answers as to what this thing is, what it's for, what's because he doesn't really know what it is because he was never part of this secret sect. Mm -hmm. Uh, So naturally. You know, where, I mean, where would you go to find answers for this? I mean, if you were looking for, like, what is this about? What is this thing that's in the basement that, you know, this lava lamp thing? Right. Well, I'm sure they're going to go to the Bible. No. Oh. Absolutely not. He enlists help from a team of physicists to figure out what this gooey devil tube really is. Okay. So, as it turns out, because it's kind of leaking somewhat, anyone in the proximity of this thing begins to have some strange things happen to them. So it appears that if enough of this demon slime is released, it will like start to take over people. Like in Ghostbusters. Kind of, yeah. 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 And also you um, have uh, this, everybody that's exposed to this thing. So this group of physicists and students, like um, graduate students as well, are along here to kind of investigate this thing and and try Mm -hmm. to figure out what it is. Um, So they all begin to start experiencing the same dream. Homicidal urges? No, no. The dream appears to be a message, like a warning. Oh. And it's, it's, it's the same message, but you heard it a little bit in the trailer. You know, this is a message for you. You're not going to like it. Mm. And it's basically people from... The future. Oh. Who have figured out a way to send a transmission back through time into people's subconscious. Oh. So through their dreams, basically trying to say, hey, you cannot let this thing out of the tube. You cannot let it out. You have to find a way to contain it. Otherwise, it will result in literally hell on earth. So um, they want, so this, this transmission is trying to get these people to alter history. The history is they know it in the future because mm-hmm. it's apparently a catastrophe, apocalypse, whatever. Right. It's like a last stitch effort. Right. Right. Yeah. And and they they say in the dream that you know their 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 technology their their transmitter isn't powerful enough to send a message into your conscious mind that has to do it to your subconscious. And they keep saying it's not a dream. This is real. This is us from the year nineteen something or other. So like in the future. But uh, apparently, what they're trying to prevent is the coming of something that is called the anti-god, <laughs> um, which they, they call Satan's father. Oh. And they bring in a whole lot of like, uh, like quantum physics into this, like Wait, uh, for, what? yeah, for every, you know, for, for every piece of matter, there is a, a piece of antimatter for every molecule. There is an opposite molecule. Right. Right, And that's that's what they're saying. So, oh, I see. So one would the traditional sense is that God is the father of Satan. But because it's Satan, he's got to have his own version. of Right. So there's an anti God as well. Okay, And that's Satan that created Satan. I see. So this liquid goo is Satan, who if he can get enough of his liquidy, whatever essence or whatever out of this tube, then he can possess a human host. I see. And then bring the anti-god into our universe. I see. Right? It's all just, it's very weird. Yeah, I'm creeped out already. It's, 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 it's strange. So as, uh, now the church is, becomes under siege from these possessed zombie homeless people. What? That are all around, you know, LA. Yeah. So as this thing gets more powerful, it begins to kind of uh, amass... People that maybe are, you know, like mentally ill or, you know, uh, maybe compromised somehow mentally and bring them 
to the church to act as kind of a barrier so that no one can escape. Like a physical barrier. Right. And one of them is Alice Cooper, famous rock star. Mm. He looks awful as usual, but he's really good. <laughs> um, and so they'll kill anybody that tries to leave. Right. And so uh, what happens is as they, as they try to work all this out, enough of this uh, Satan goo uh, gets out to possess one of the team members. Mm. And then once they're fully possessed, uh, they're going to try to bring the anti-God into our universe through uh, through a mirror. That's the portal, a mirror. But they, you know, the, 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 the possessed person cannot find a mirror big enough, really, to bring the anti-God into our universe. Wait, do you mean mirror? Mirror. Okay. What did I say? Mirror. Marrow? Yeah. Marrow? Marrow. You said marrow. Did I say marrow? You just about. So Miro? Yeah. Something like that. Mira Servino? No. <laughs> so it's a mirror. Mirror. Okay, yes. mirror. Mirror. So this whole time, it's leaking still? And yeah. And they can't get close enough because they get possessed. It's, it's, this is, it, it radiates evil to the point I where see. you really, you got to stay away from it. I see. Because it's just, you know, it's like radiation of a sort. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, and it's so creepy looking because it's, it's in this sort of like, rusty container right and you can see the stuff kind of leaking out of it mm -hmm. um and it's surrounded by crucifixes and candles and to try to contain this thing so but the, the sect were trying to protect humanity from it yes they were trying to hide it right i see okay and they were trying to hide the 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 truth of the nature of the anti-god and god and all that i see so, so. they were also not the greatest of people yeah and there's all, I mean, they throw in all kinds of stuff in here. Like, yeah. you know, Jesus was an ancient astronaut and, you know, all that kind of crazy conspiracy <laughs> stuff. Uh, but they, they just, they just throw it all in the blender there, which, right. you know, it's interesting the way they kind of try to tie in religion and physics and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, it's confusing. So, but it does, I mean, this movie does have everything in it. It has blood, bugs, tragic love story, quantum physics, religion, time travel, horny 80s characters, of course. <laughs> And uh, John Carpenter, who, you know, fantastic director, manages to make this really kind of uh, super moody. Yeah. Um, this film, pun intended, oozes an atmosphere Ew. of unease. Okay. Um, the evil is spread by one person to another. So if you get, you know, if you get infected by this, you know, stuff, um, the slime, you, you can infect somebody else. So you can go up to someone and basically there's there's scenes of people like with this stuff oozing out of their mouths and into other people. And it's just ugh, it's so gross. It's like zombification almost. Kind of. Yeah. And it's a, but the way they the way Carpenter shoots it and puts it, it's weirdly intimate in a way. Hmm. It's very and, and it, it's and it's no coincidence this was made at the height of the AIDS epidemic. There's oh. kind of a, a, you know, a bit of an allegory mm -hmm. going on there. Because uh, everybody was like so petrified of bodily fluids and like, right, you know. right, right, right. Um, it, it does throw a lot of odd concepts yeah. out there. And it's got plot holes big enough to drive Jack Burton's truck through. Uh, it's a <laughs> big trouble little China joke for all of you people. Um, uh, but it doesn't really matter because this movie does crawl under your skin. Ew. Uh, and there is there's imagery and shots and the music and all of it. Ew. It's just, it's just so creepy. It just kind of makes you feel icky, mm -hmm. which I guess is what they want. And of course, it's got more slime than a marathon of Double Dare. Mm. So I recommend good old Double Dare, Prince of Darkness to you. So, so what is Alice Cooper's role? He's basically kind of the head uh, homeless zombie. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah. He's like sort of the he's the one you see the most. Okay. And also because of this, the arrival of this gooey mess, which also coincides with certain things happening with the earth and with like uh, the you know the the tides and the sun and mm -hmm. and all that. Somehow this thing also has control of insects, so <laughs> it like has an insect army as well. Oh. And the Alice Cooper apparently carries some of them oh. on him, this insect army, and it's just kind of creepy. I can't believe Alice Cooper's still alive. I know, right? Yeah. He, he, will, he will outlive us all, him and Keith Richards. And Twinkies. Oh, Twinkies. <laughs> there you go. All right, to the scores. To the scores. 
The Internet Movie Database gives Prince of Darkness a royal 6.6 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a slightly less than fresh 58 on its tomato meter, mm. but 61% on the audience score, which is... Really what matters. Yeah, a little bit better. Thank goodness for that. Now, if you care to, it can be rented for around $4 on Prime Video. Apple TV or Vudu. Mm. But if you are a subscriber to the excellent Criterion Channel streaming oh, yes. service, you can see it there as well in fantastic quality. God, they have so many cool their library is intense and it is well worth the subscription fee. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They know how to treat Oh, film. they do. They do. They always have since the eighties when they started doing like laser discs and stuff. Oh, I didn't know Especially, they were around that long. Oh yeah, they've been around for very they started out doing laser discs, then they did like DVDs, special editions and stuff like that. So they've been around a very long time. Oh. Yeah, they're film preservationists to the highest order. Fair. So all right, that was my first pick. Well Prince of Darkness. Very good. Very good. Mm. I always like when we can incorporate a local celebrity. And by local I mean the earth. Because Alice Cooper's not from around, I don't think. Maybe New York? Yeah, anyway. Well, okay. So my pick here right in the middle is also from a notable director, although not necessarily for the horror genre. Oh. Um, Mr. Alan Parker sound familiar? Alan Parker? Mm-hmm. You might know him. I have all him. of his albums. The <laughs> Alan Parker Project. It was very... <laughs> Speaking of albums, he also directed Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, yes, that's yes. right. He did Vita mm -hmm. and, and you know, that super chipper movie, Angela's Ashes. Oh, oh, that that's what really made me want to go to Ireland. <laughs> and slash my wrists. Oh, gosh. All right. So my pick is 1987's Angel Heart. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> My interest in Johnny is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead. You want me to check it out? Check it out. Where are you? I'm just a guy who was paid to snoop around. I'm going to ask you again. Where is he? I don't know. Harry Angel has been hired to solve more than a mystery. He's dead, Mr. Angel. And if he isn't, he is to me. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. To find more than a killer. We don't go around murdering people, all right, Mr. Angel? The Prince of Darkness protects the powerful. You expect me to swallow that? And it may cost him more than his life. Some religions think that... The egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? All I know is Johnny's running around bumping off everyone he used to know. And more and more, it's me who's on the line for it. Johnny's favorite was as close to true evil as she ever wanted to come. There's death everywhere these days. You killed him. You're trying to pin it on me. The flesh is weak. Only the soul is immortal. Don't you kill him? You gotta burn for this angel. You gotta burn for this angel. In hell, in hell, in hell. Every angel has been hired to search for the truth. Pray he doesn't find it. Angel heart. Okay, this stars Robert De Niro, and and not like um, super Goodfellas Robert De Niro, like 
classy Robert De Niro. Uh, Mickey Rourke is in it, mm-hmm. and Lisa Bonet, who is kind of Mrs. Momoa or not anymore, Mrs. Momoa. I don't know how. I that honestly works. don't know how that's going. Um, but anyway, this movie's called Angel Heart. It's adapted from a book by William Hortzberg um, called Fallen Angel. So. Let's give a little summary. This takes place in the mid-50s, mid-1950s. First of all, I think that all horror movies that start in the 50s are automatically a score above because the 50s was creepy. Everybody had the same type of, like, living style. Like, Pleasantville. Think Pleasantville. Anyways, I happen to like the 50s style, but that's just me. Everything was black and white then. It really was. I mean, literally. Well, you know what I mean. Um, Okay, so Robert De Niro's character is called Louis Cipher. He um, he's trying to find a former client who took up a contract with him and did not follow through with said contract. So what does he do? He hires uh, Mickey Works character called Harry Angel because uh, he's a detective, a, a what do they call him? A private eye. Yes. Uh, yeah. A investigator. And he's like, you need to go find this man this man happens to be like a like a crooner think think frank sinatra style crooner very famous um but he also apparently had a total mental and emotional breakdown and so they just chucked him away in some upstate new york um uh facility so he says lewis cypher says to um uh harry angel go find this dude i'll give you lots of money go find him um so Harry makes his way up to the hospital. He doesn't find him per se, um, but he does talk to the doctor who was in charge of his care. And the doctor's like kind of weird and not giving up a lot of information. And it's just kind of like bizarre, right? So what does he do? (laughs) Harry decides to break into the doctor's house and trap him in the idea or the hopes of getting information out of him. Sure. What he doesn't realize is that the doctor is like super doped up on morphine, which apparently that's like a, like a thing that happened in the fifties, but whatever. Um, and he says, you know what? You're not going to tell me the information. I'm just going to lock you in a room. So he locks him in a room. And then what happens? I guess the, the doctor sort of unlives himself, maybe kind of sort of. And so that's our first victim. Mm. Right. And he's like, Oh no. Well, there goes my investigation goes back to Lewis cipher. And it's like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Um, but then of course more money keeps rolling his way. So he's like, all right, I'll just keep going. Um, he finds records on this famous singer. Um, and, and the doctor tells him like before he passes, like, Oh, I was bribed. I took a bribe from a man and woman who, um, wanted to steal him away. And, and, uh, what does he say? Abscond (laughs) with him. So meaning to go away with him. Um, kind of like a, what's that movie with Tom Cruise and, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Rain Man. Rain Man. Kind of like Rain Man him away. Um, so it leads um, Harry. Now he's an investigator, right? So he's following these clues. Leads um, him to New Orleans, which is the home of the singer's estranged wife. She's pissy. She keeps saying things like, well, he's dead to me. And, you know, you're not really sure as a viewer if he's actually dead because um, you haven't seen him. You don't know where he's at. Um, and she's like, well, I'm not telling you anything. But, you know, he did have an affair with... Um, a some woman some singer and here's her here's her address well he goes there and she's not there because she's um i can't remember where she was but here's she he finds out that their union produced a daughter so it goes to the daughters oh yes because she's already dead so goes to the daughter daughter's like his age i guess kind of and like they you know have their own fun time and you know she doesn't want to give up any information about her dad. And so he's basically like going through all these, these people and doesn't get anywhere. He just kind of gets to the mm. next step, you know, and then it turns out that the person just ends up dead. So like after he spends the night with the daughter, who's Lisa Benet, um, goes back to find the estranged wife and she's been murderized. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like a few days later or whatever, then Lisa Bonet shows up murderized. And so like all these people are dying and, It's like weird and he doesn't understand what's going on until he gets to, oh, I can't remember. Who does he talk to? Um, Oh, yes, yes. He talks to the ex-wife's dad, who apparently is like a big mogul down in New Orleans. Now, I think we should pause and make it known that New Orleans, which is very um, close and has like a huge Haitian community, right? But 
people go down there, especially people from the north go down there expecting to see things like, quote, voodoo and like, you know, all that magical stuff that supposedly happens down there. So I'm assuming that's why the, the plot of the movie takes part down there. Um, but anyways, he goes to the strange wife's fa uh, father and he's like, you need to get out of town now or bad things are going to happen. Well, <laughs> the dad ends up... Um, the dad ends up telling Harry that the singer, who is the guy who, who that uh, Lewis Cipher is looking for, was like a huge occultist. He was into like black magic of the black magic. And guess what? He made a deal with the devil in exchange for like fame and like Frank Sinatra level mm. fame. Um, but then when it came to the end, he didn't want to give up his soul, which I assume was the the bartering chip here. Um, so what he tried to do was, I guess, you know, unalive somebody else to take over their soul so that he could essentially mask his own and hide from the devil. Um, loophole. Loophole. <laughs> um, but it, it didn't really work out because he took over the soul of like this soldier who was actually in the war in uh, World War Two, and, you know, basically had shell shock before they knew it was shell shock. And, um, all of a sudden, like weird things start happening. So then the father dies and um, <laughs> Harry starts having these weird visions, too. And he's like coming to realize that everyone he talks to is basically dying. And I don't want to spoil too much. I mean, yeah. OK, I'll go ahead. And in fact, he finds out that like Harry and the singer are synonymous, right? They're like the plot twist of the same person. Mm. And he's the one who's killed everybody thus far. And the two people who had taken him out of this like facility he was in was Lewis Cipher. And I want to say it was the estranged wife. So his wife um, who took him out. And I think they were going to try and hide him or whatever. So just towards the end, it's revealed that Lewis Cipher is actually the devil. The name was not a giveaway. Well, I did. Lucifer. What do they Cipher. call? <laughs> what do they call those? Um, homophone. Anagram. And no, I think it's where it's something is meant to sound like something else, but it's spelled differently or something. Yes. Anyways, Louis Cipher, i.e., Lucifer, um, <laughs> and homonym maybe. Like your and your. Yeah, maybe homonym. Thank you, judges. Thank you, judges who are, who are spirit spirits. Um, <laughs> he is the disembodied voice of our, our producer. Um, so, anyways, long story short, there are other twists in there too, but it's it's just like really good at the end. And Robert De Niro is revealed to be Lucifer, and he's like, "Hey, guess what? You still couldn't escape me." It begs the question, though, like, what was this whole thing about, right? Because obviously, Harry has forgotten who he was through the taking of this uh, soldier guy's soul, right? And this whole game has been played out by Lucifer simply just to get him, I guess, where he wants him. But he, you know what I mean? He, he had him already. It was really about him discovering everything, all the bad things he's mm, done. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, the ending is kind of funny. You hear uh, Robert De Niro's character speak to Harry, but also refer him to him as like the singer. So finally cementing that they are actually the same person. Um, apparently, it was like a big twist back in the 80s. I mean, I had only been alive for like a year, so I hadn't seen it, obviously. But, um, yeah, it was big news bears. So this movie has like insanely high scores yeah. it's got a 7.2 out of 10 on imdb which is honestly pretty high for things that we review typically mm, i know <laughs> rock tomatoes gives it an 82 percent, which again pretty yeah. darn good um here's a couple of fun facts about this movie this movie had a budget of 18 million dollars and despite its really high reviews right now uh it got mediocre reviews back then it actually only made like 17 million so they hardly they'd lost yeah. money on this project um and What's great is that if you happen to be a gamer, um, this movie and this book inspired the game Bioshock Infinite, which is pretty, uh, it's a huge title, actually. Um, so there's a fun fact for you. It's also listed as number nine on Forbes' 10 best cult horror classic movies. So um, I think number two is like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure number two is like Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I don't know how great that list is. But yeah. either way, it was it was a big deal. 
All right, where can you get it? Currently right now it's streaming in a lot of places, including Amazon Prime. It's on Paramount Plus on Hoopla. You can, of course, rent it for $2.99 on Amazon, but honestly, you're probably better off buying it. I found it really cheap online. You can buy the late, <laughs> I almost said Laserdisc. You can buy the DVD of it on Amazon as well for like under 10 bucks. Wow. It's worth a watch because Robert De Niro is like a creepy guy and you don't expect, you're expecting him to come in some like, you know, as a like a goomba right like he's a italian mafioso kind of guy which i guess to some extent the way he dresses in the movie kind of maybe like alludes to that but it's just completely not the way and it's it's so funny that i didn't get it the lewis cypher thing until like the right like the end it would it should have been so obvious but it wasn't well, but anyways it's a fantastic pack. movie it is a fantastic it's movie. a great movie and it deals with like a culty black magic he making deal with the devil type and it has so much style oh it yeah. is shot with so much style like okay you know those weird not weird but you know when movies have like a glossy um like overture to them like mm. everything that you watch is just so pristine and crisp yeah it's filmed like that the color palette is great also all the costuming i mean i love costuming anyways that's like one of my biggest passions but the they won awards for this yeah because I'm, it was so to the yeah, key. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, each frame is like a work of art. It's amazing. It, such a good movie. Such yeah. a good movie. Oh, by the way, Angel Heart. I'm pretty sure that refers to like Lucifer himself because he's like the quote fallen angel, but whatever. Anyways, you should check it out. Yes, indeed. I concur with that. Very good. Good pick. Thank you. I like that. So oddly enough, oddly enough, uh, my second pick also has a private investigator in it <laughs> whose name is also Harry. Okay. Which is kind of cool. And so... Uh, but there's no um, there's no Lucifer in it. Uh, but as we talked about earlier, there is, you know, there's different kinds of magic. And one of them is stage magic. Right. Sure. You know, yeah. we talked about Penn and Teller. There's also, you know, you got your David Copperfield, you got your Chris Angel mind freak. <laughs> and of course, uh, the Las Vegas perennial Lance Burton. Wait, who is that guy who's underwater all the time? You're talking about David Blaine? David Blaine. He doesn't really do stage magic, though. Oh, OK. I mean, he doesn't like have a. He goes out. He's like an urban magician kind of a thing. Gotcha. Okay. So, but if you like that kind of thing, if you enjoy stage magic, you might like my second pick, and that is Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. Something is watching. Something is listening. Something is coming. Like, see the world the way it really is. What's going on here? Detective Harry Damour is walking a path. I want you to help me. Will you take the job, Mr. Damour? Where do I sign up? Between what can be seen. People are dying here. I want to know why. I've heard a name. Somebody they talk about in whispers. Who? Nick's. And what must be feared? Nick's is dead and buried. What the hell is wrong with you people? Haven't you seen enough to know that doesn't matter? No. I don't want him getting in the way. We've almost waited too long. We to have the homecoming spoiled. Every step he takes, the drone, the dark side. Don't like that. Not much. It's your destiny. Accept it. Brings him closer to the truth. He could get into people's heads. Make them see things. Terrible things. See, that's his best trick. No illusions, just the truth. If Nick's is back from the dead, then he is some kind of a god. In a world where magic is real, death is the ultimate illusion. I was born to murder the world. You want to come with me, Damor? I've got so much power to give you. All you have to do is beg. All right. There we go. So Lord of Illusions from 1995 and, of course, from Clive Barker, the man behind Hellraiser and Nightbreed. Oh, yes. Now, those two films are very much uh, in the fantasy realm um, and horror as well. But this one's much more grounded, Lord of Illusions. So our private detective uh, is Harry Damore. Mm. who is played by the always reliable, straight and steady Scott Bakula, <laughs> who most people know from like 
Quantum Leap and the current NCIS shows and things like that. Yeah. So, but he's not a typical private investigator. For some reason, he always seems to find himself dealing with cases involving the supernatural. Mm -hmm. uh, much to his dismay, he would rather be an ordinary private investigator. <laughs> but for some reason, always, always the cases he gets deal with the supernatural. And he's beginning to realize that he is um, that he is bound for some kind of greater purpose, some sort of destiny. Like he's fated to do so. He is fated to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. And in that regard, he has uh, sort of tried to protect himself as much as he can. He's got uh, he's got these like special tattoos on him mm -hmm. and like jewelry to help protect him and stuff like that. So he's basically the American Highlander. Yeah, or, you know, if John Constantine were a PI, like that kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. So very much, very much like that. So he gets the opportunity to take on a, a rather ordinary insurance fraud case. So while he's investigating, he comes across a man who is, it, while he finds him, he's being stabbed by two other people. Oh. Uh, and these two other people appear to have some kind of supernatural abilities, um, so the victim dies, but not before he tells, uh, Damore that the Puritan is coming. <laughs> and so, uh, during this investigation, even though his client, even though the, the, the person is dead, he's trying to figure out, okay, what is this about? And does it once again involve the supernatural, which he now believes. Um, so his investigation leads him to a world renowned stage illusion, illusionist named Philip Swan. <laughs> but what the general public does not know is that Swan's illusions are augmented by actual magic oh. that he knows. Uh, Swan was once a member of a black magic cult that sought to bring about the, the apocalypse. Oh. <laughs> uh, years earlier, the, the cult's leader, a man named Nix, was killed. Uh, he was killed by a young girl that he kidnapped and was going to sacrifice. Mm. So that split up the cult. Fair. Uh, yeah. Now, the girl who's now an adult in the movie is played by uh, OG Jean Grey Famke Jansen from X-Men. And so out of uh, a sense of obligation, she, she is now married to Swan. Mm. Uh, she believes that former members of the cult are being targeted and worries for Swan's safety. So she hires Damore to sort of investigate that. Uh, but her fears appear to be justified because... And this is one of the movie's best scenes. Um, the, the magician Swan has uh, come up with this incredibly elaborate new illusion for his act. And so what it is, uh, there's this, it looks like a chandelier of swords hanging over him. And he's tied down, right? And he's spinning. And the swords are spinning in the chandelier. And there's like a... Um, there's a mechanism whereby as the as the uh, chandelier sort of moves around, spins around, it releases a sword that falls to where Swan is being strapped down and he's moving, too. Oh. So it looks like it's going to be some kind. It's like random. OK, it's really so, kind of thing. Yeah. So he's spinning at a certain rate. The chandelier spinning at a different rate. And these swords are falling on him, like falling down. Right. Mm -hmm. As he spins. So. The illusion goes horribly wrong. He is stabbed to death. Oh. People think it's part of the act at first, of course. You know, that's kind of like what happened with Siegfried and Roy and the tiger. They thought, oh, this is part of the No, it isn't. No, the tiger was hungry. Yeah. Mm. So Swan is dead. Killed during his illusion. Or was he? Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Demore isn't so sure. And he digs deeper to find out what really happened to Swan. And what is going on with the cult that Swan used to be a part of? That his wife was kidnapped to be sacrificed for. Exactly. So is, is this all part and parcel of some kind of, uh, you know, some, some kind of reunification of this cult? A way to perhaps uh, revive their dead leader? Or is Femke Jansen playing a really long waiting game and she's just getting revenge on the cult? Well, it's that's that has something to do with it, because as far as she's concerned, though, at this point, she actually uh, like likes Swan. Yeah, she does. She oh, okay. does. Okay. He's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. Right. 
uh, he just wanted out of that whole thing. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he his whole thing was he left the cult after the leader died, and he helped to uh, the, the scene in the beginning of the film. Uh, he helped to magically bind the leader, Nix, right. and bury him. They had these special like magic, you know, like handcuffs and like special things to like keep him dead apparently Mm. and if they were ever removed if he was dug up and these things were removed he could be brought back right and that's what they absolutely do not want right swan wanted to leave that all behind and use his abilities uh to sort of become a famous illusionist right that was his whole goal he wanted nothing else to do with it um but as you know as you can imagine things kind of come to a head and uh, they they travel to where the old cult compound was, and the remaining members of the cult that are still loyal manage to find Nix. Oh no! And revive him. Oh no! And this guy is not good news. He is very Pissed. nasty. He's yeah, he's mad. And so basically, he it it comes down to a magical showdown mm. between Swan Voldemort and yeah, between Swan and Nix. Right. And so, you know, with the fate of the world at stake and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's basically Demore, Swan, Nix, and uh, Swan's wife at the end, uh, trying to, you know, trying to kill Nix again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nix has, like, come back more powerful than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's, ugh. The, 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 the magical showdown is both very cool and disgusting. Oh. Certain ways. Um, it's kind of gross, but I'll leave that, you know. Uh, now I have to admit I first saw this movie in theaters right and when I did I was not that impressed Uh, the special effects were very 90s like some of the CGI was like really bad like lawnmower man level bad Uh, and I I was expecting something a little more like like Clive Barker ish you know because I loved Hellraiser Mm -hmm. loved Nightbreed um, so so I was like, I came out of the theater thinking, eh, is that it? And I love Scott Bakula, but he can, you know, you know, he can be a little wooden sometimes with his acting so much sure. so that, you know, I almost had splinters when I watched this movie. <laughs> but uh, upon subsequent viewings, I have really come to appreciate this movie on its own merits. Mm-hmm. And I found out later kind of a reason why. Uh, the movie's distributor, MGM, cut over 12 minutes of the film just prior to release. Oh. And we're not talking about blood and gore. We're talking about character interactions and plot points, which is why it didn't make that much sense at the time. Right. And it did really badly at the box office. And I think that was probably one of the reasons because they cut a ton of important things out of the movie. Right. So when I saw it again, I saw the director's cut and... Actually, it improved it to me anyway quite a bit. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more context as far as, you know, with the characters and what's actually happening and things like that. So go figure. Director's cut is better. Do I have a question? <laughs> yes. Yes. Go ahead. Producer Wayne, what would you like to say? Did they ever say why they cut all that stuff out? Yes, okay. they did. <laughs> Money? Aside from just like to make the movie shorter was there a specific reason well apparently uh they felt like number one it made the movie too long 12 minutes yeah 12 minutes and number two uh the uh test screenings that they did uh sort of said um you know we there's too much of this and too much of that you know too much of the love story too much of the blah blah you know that sort of thing so the test screenings did not do well and when they cut the 12 minutes out they actually did slightly better Oh, okay. But I mean, so, that's not really fair because they feed those people Oreos in like apple juice. Yeah, exactly. And now, <laughs> there was a stipulation. Children? Yeah. Well, yeah. There was a stipulation that Clive Barker had. He said, okay, you want to you cut 12 minutes of this film? Fine. But only I will, I will agree to this if you allow me to release the director's cut on home video. Right. And so they said, fine. And I think ultimately he was proven correct. Because the director's cut, in my opinion, is much better. There. So nice. there you go. That's, you know, what happens when studios get involved and in you mean art by committee. <laughs> studios make bad decisions. I know. I know. I'm, I, I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. 
So Lord of Illusions, I do recommend it. Yeah. Uh, especially once again, the director's cut, which is pretty much what you'll find if you can find it. Right. Uh, it gets a, a magically delicious six out of 10. Okay. Not bad. Uh, on the internet movie database and an almost fresh 58% on the tomato meter. Okay. So that's not yeah. too bad. Um, now, if you want to see this, here's what you have to do. And it's a little complicated. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if you're f- if you're familiar with the Hoopla streaming platform, mm. then you kind of get where I'm going with this. Yeah. If you're not familiar, Hoopla is actually part of the public library system here in North America. If you have a valid library card, you can sign up for free and have access to Lord of Illusions along with a nearly unlimited selection of books, movies, magazines, audiobooks, TV shows, and more. I love Hoopla. Hoopla's great. It's so good. It really is. So, uh, you know, and not just for movies, but for a lot of stuff. Yeah, like old newspapers. Yes. Now, I am fairly certain that the version that is on Hoopla is the director's cut. It does not state so specifically, but the running time is an hour and 49 minutes, which seems to be the running time of the director's cut as far as I can tell. Fair. There we go. So that's Lord of Illusions. Thank you. Solid picks. Yeah. This was a great, a great um, topic because it really allowed us to explore different sides of, quote, magic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's, you know, uh, and it really is a broad topic. Yeah. And I don't mean it's for broads. So I'm just saying <laughs> that that's all that it is. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have any honorable mentions? I do, actually. Okay. Um, aside from the, you know. Uh, the usual things we mentioned before, which is like the Harry Potter stuff and the Doctor Strange stuff. Um, I would like to recommend a um, a sort of a B-grade Doctor Strange movie. Mm. Um, actually, two. The first one is a, I think, early 90s movie from Full Moon Entertainment called Doctor Mordred. Mm, that sounds familiar. Doctor Mordred uh, is basically... A, uh, a a great value Doctor Strange, if you get that <laughs> reference. Uh, it uh, he's played by Jeffrey Combs, who's fantastic. He's a great actor. Uh, he was the uh, the science, mad scientist in Reanimator. Okay. Um, and he plays Doctor Mordred, who is a master of the mystic arts and lives in this penthouse in New York. And you know he's got all the magical stuff. And uh, it it's it really is a low budget. Doctor Strange movie in more ways than one because originally it was going to be a Doctor Strange movie, but then they lost the rights and they said, ah, we're going to do it anyway. Oh, I love uh, when that happens. And so it's, you know, <laughs> that's what they did. And what's fun is just recently, just a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact, um, the um, people behind uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Ooh. Uh, did Dr. Mordred. Oh, okay. And it is hilarious. Uh, everything they do is hilarious. It's great. So if you can find it, check it out. Go on their website and, and see if you can find that because that's a fun way to watch it. Um, the other one is actually the Doctor Strange TV movie from, I think, 1978. Jeez. And so this was a CBS movie of the week. It was a pilot that didn't make it, but it was, in fact, the Marvel Comics Doctor Strange. And, of course, they changed pretty much almost everything from the comics because, you know, they... Yeah. Could do it like the Incredible Hulk show, um, but basically it's about a, a hospital physician who discovers that his heritage uh, includes that of being a sorcerer, and he is tasked with saving a young woman from the clutches of Morgan Le Fay and her master, the evil Asmodeus. Um, <laughs> and for a seventies, for a cheesy seventies TV movie, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's, you know, got the, it's got some really interesting visuals, mm-hmm. you know, very psychedelic kind of stuff. There was the seventies. Drug so. induced yeah. probably, but it's fun. If you can, it, it is on some streaming services, track it down. Doctor, it's called Dr. Strange with the shortened DR period, not full doctor, like Dr. Who. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, those are my two. So they're both sort of Dr. Strange movies in their own way. Very good. Hmm. So I think that people should watch some more of the fantastical side of magic movies. Things like Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. I absolutely lo- I mean, I love anything Guillermo del Toro actually does. But that one in particular is very great. It deals with like high fantasy and fae and all that. Um, and then I think that 
if you're going to watch any movie this Halloween season that deals with like witches, you need to watch the 1990s witches with Angelica Houston. Oh, yeah. Because it terrified me as oh, a child. That's, yeah, that's got some scary stuff in it. And it legitimately left me terrified for, I don't know, 20 years or so. Um, yeah, I just it's. It's on par for me with Land Before Time. Land Before Time makes me so devastated I cry and I can't watch it. Mm. The Witches makes me so terrified that I can't watch it. Yeah. And you so. know what? It's interesting. I think maybe next year. Mm. I mean, we should have Witches should be its own category. Oh, I, I agree. Because, again, with like the spectrum, there's so many different types yeah. of, quote, witches. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that could be its own thing. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Nice. But the, yep, nice. those are our honorable mentions. Excellent. So we're about to close out the um, season. You had a surprise you wanted to reveal. I do. Ooh. Okay. So the way the way I saw it last last year, we, we did five. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. There Because there were five weeks. We were know. lucky last year. Yeah. So uh, I thought, why not do a, an actual Halloween show? Ooh. So, um, and this was kind of something that I I wanted to do at some point, but I figured this is a good opportunity to, to, to do it. So it's going to be a version of Mysteries of the Deep nice. that deals with the original Night of the Living Dead. Ooh. And the mystery part is going to be, why, oh, why <laughs> is this- Did they make it? No, why is this movie in the public domain? There is no copyright on this movie. What? It was, it lapsed. And now anybody can do anything with this movie that they want to. Is that because the, to buy the copyright must be like extremely expensive? Uh, well, you're going to find out why okay, in the uh, episode, but it's, a, it's yeah. very silly. Okay. And not a lot of incompetence involved. Um, but yeah, so if you see like there's a 3D version of it, there's all kinds of different versions <sighs> of this movie, colorized and all that, because they let the copyright go. Maybe they did that on purpose. They did not do that on purpose because oh. they would be much, much richer today if they, <laughs> if they had done it. And uh, big mistake, big Fair. mistake. So that's going to be the Halloween special Sweet. on Halloween. Sweet. That's coming so up on Monday, the 31st. That is going to be Monday, the 31st. So look out for that. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, what's great about that is that not only do you get more extra like deep dive, but because it's, you're giving us a day, a time and place, you can set reminders for our podcast. Please do. You absolutely can. Because sometimes we forget and I mean, we do it. <laughs> You can go to our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com, and you can subscribe there. You can become one of our listeners, and you can also get notified every time that we upload. Or if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we're mm-hmm. back on Spotify. Yep, iHeartRadio as yes. well. Yes, indeed. Everywhere fine podcasts are found. Yeah, we have them. We do. Um, you had something you want to do. I do. I got a couple of things. Yeah. The first thing is a little bit of Star Wars news, because we always have to include that, and we've missed it the last couple episodes. Have you seen the Star Wars, the brand new tales of Star Wars. I watched one episode today. The first one? No. Oh. I went right to the Count Dooku one no, because why? he's my favorite character. Well, oh. See, I love Ahsoka and I watched her episode and I legitimately, we were watching it last night and I was like, is this for kids? This is like deep. Well, it's not for kids. No. It's no. Well, I mean, yeah, we're kids at heart, I guess. But so good. On Disney oh, Plus, yeah. they released the first six episodes, which happened to be like 15 or 20 minutes long. Right. But they're so good. It's like a, it's like a, uh, I don't even know, like an animated anthology of like stuff we it's wanted fantastic. to know. Yeah, exactly. It fills yeah. in a lot of gaps. Yeah. Which is great. burning questions. And you get to see, oh, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. Don't I can't spoil, spoil it. it. Not for I me. I will not spoil it, but it's so good. That's our Star Wars news. That's Star Wars. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. And then we had, I felt like we needed to include a little bit of a sort of in memoriam. Mm. As of recording this, we have lost quite a few um, of our fellow or our lovely entertainment people, including uh, Angela Lansbury, uh, Robbie Coltrane, rest in peace, Hagrid. Um, and I think, was it a few days ago, we just lost Leslie Jordan. Oh, that, that one, that one hurts. Well, Especially because he, yeah, he, the how he died. Yeah. He was just a funny, he funny was. guy. Yeah. And felt like this innocent laughter that came from him was just infectious. But anyways, um, not to bring it down, we just wanted to acknowledge that those things definitely hurt us too. And we were yeah. sad. Yeah. Oh, darn. You know what? <laughs> I was going to play... I was going to play some music in the background for that. Oh. I had my memoriam music. You want to hear it? Yeah. You're evil. All right, it's enough of that. You're evil. You're evil. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
So this is the conclusion of our um, fulling special Halloween uh, episodes. Uh, man, we had a great time. Great time this year. Thank you to everybody who has listened, downloaded, come back, even though we keep talking. Remember, <laughs> you can find us at the deepdivepodcast.com. You can find us on our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're there. If you want to contact us, the best way would probably be to email us, deepdivepodcast at gmail.com. And other than that, I just hope that you stick around because it's going to be fun. We've got more stuff coming up for season five. Absolutely. Absolutely we do. And you know, I think I speak for Amanda, producer Wayne, and myself when I say to all of you, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. All clips used in the Deep Dive podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. This is not a dream. Not a dream. We are using your brain's language system as a receiver. We are unable to transmit through conscious neural interference. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting from year 1999. You are receiving this broadcast in order to alter the events you are seeing. Our technology has now developed a transmitter strong enough to reach your conscious state of awareness. But this is not a dream. You are seeing what is actually occurring. This causality violation. Mm-hmm.